good to be here. Really good to be here. I like the, the spirit, the feel here. really enjoy it. Well, not too long ago, really, a, a pastor that I like to listen to asked the audience to go back over a very familiar scripture, this feeding of the 5,000, they call it. And I'm glad I did. And he had a specific direction that he was going with the scripture and did a fine job. And I couldn't help but think that there are some things embedded there that, well, were important for me. And I think were very important for today, as it was back then. Embedded in this event is the order, the purpose, the construct for this organism that we call the church. Jesus was not only meeting a need and and performing a wonderful, wonderful miracle, but he was going to teach the disciples what it takes to build this thing because he won't be with them forever. And there's some things that they're going to need to know. There's some things that we need to know. There's a lot embedded in this scripture, this feeding of the 5,000. There's three points that I think are just vital for the building of a church. And the very first is vision. Vision. Jesus sees the people differently than the disciples do. You can tell. Their voice, send them away. They're a problem. There's too many of them. And if we would have been there, we might have heard them visiting back and forth, especially right when Jesus said, you feed them. You probably could have heard maybe one of the boys talking to the others saying, well, there goes last night's offering. (laughs) They, see, they couldn't see what Jesus saw. Jesus saw an opportunity. They saw a burden. Some difference there. And if we're going to construct this thing called the church, people aren't a burden. They're an opportunity. And there are a myriad opportunities here and outside these walls. So first is vision. Jesus saw these folks as his father had created them. He saw the gifts they possessed and the wonderful creation that they really were. He saw that. We're supposed to see that in others. And no matter how worked over, beat up they might look at the moment, there's a lot within them. There's a ministry in Osseray, Estonia, and a young man by the name of Maxim Torgasev kind of heads it up. He really doesn't even have a name for it. He just calls it men's rehab. Just, that's the only thing he can come up with. He heard that there were two men that had given up hope. Because sometimes jobs are hard to find in Estonia. Their economy is just slowly improving. And these two men had given up hope. And they worked some part-time jobs, saved up their money, and they bought all the vodka they could buy. They went to one of the, the abandoned coal mines, and there are a number of them. There's, there's a lot of soft coal that the Russians came and mined out and took away. And they went to one of the abandoned coal mines, and they decided that they were going to drink themselves to death. That's what they decided they would do. They had no hope, and they had no vision of what they might be. So he heard about them. He says, well, let's just go get them. 
And that's what he did. He walked right in that mind where they were. Looked at him and simply said, you need Jesus. They kind of looked back at him and said, okay. And entered his rehab project where they work, they study, they pray, they work some more, they do things. And it turns out that one was a very, very, and I'll use another one, very gifted cabinet maker. And for, to pay back Jesus for all that he did for him, saving him, uh, and, and it took some work. They had to burn their clothes because they couldn't, keep, they couldn't get them cleaned up. They had to shave them completely because of lice and things. Um, but the, the, the two that these turned into, they, they turned into such gifts that were already in there. Maxim simply brought them out through the power of Jesus. Jesus had a plan for these two. Sometimes we don't see the plan he has for us. Sometimes we don't see that in others. Um, but God has a plan. God has a purpose for us. We're not accidents. And my, the work that this young man, see, they don't have power tools, so we call them antiques, but they call them tools. Uh, that's what they use when he builds cabinets. His ministry now, as he goes to churches and donates the labor, and they get the wood, and he rebuilds their kitchens for them. Uh, in the United Methodist Church, and it's just a really exciting thing. The other one went and found a full-time job in Talon, joined a church right there in the capital city, and is a productive citizen. That's what these two did. Simply because Jesus told Maxim, go get them, and I'll show you what they can do, and he did. He was obedient. So vision. A church needs a vision. We, we need the Lord's vision. Churches aren't accidents. They're not another social organization. It is an organism constructed around a calling, a vision that God has for this place, for this time, for these, the people outside and us. This isn't the end all. We don't come in here and it's the goal. Outside is the goal. You have some young people going out on a mission. There's nothing more important. There are only two kinds of Christians, by the way, goers and senders. One's not any more important than the other. But there are only two kinds of Christians. So figure out which one you are and open up a cart and dig in and do it. That's, that's what we're called to be about. Grasp a hold of the vision that God has for this church. Can you articulate it? We're supposed to be able to articulate it. We're, so, we're supposed to be able to put it in our hearts and, and develop it and, and supply the gift that we are to help fulfill that vision. It takes us all. There are no unimportant people. It takes us all. The disciples saw people as a problem and Jesus simply saw them as an opportunity. Grab a hold of his vision and go forth from there. Well, if that's all we do then, we're still not far enough alone along because the second part of that is, is organization. And this may sound real simple to you. This is the part that trips me up every time. And has for years. I mean, this is a confession. This was the part that I didn't fully grasp. The Holy Spirit is just quite able to operate in organization. 
and can just move and still do the things that the Spirit of God needs to do quite well. Thank you. And I, I'm a right-brained person. Dr. James Parker used to call me severely right-brained. I thought he could just soften that up a little bit. He never did. But I am, so I'm, I'm so right-brained, my executive functions are even in my right hemisphere. And all that means is, I'm, like, I'm the idea person. I like to come up with stuff that we could do. And then when someone asks me how, I just, well, we'll just do it. You know how scary that can be to a left brain person? I didn't, I did not realize that. It took me years to understand that in the church. This, is, this was what tripped me up. Because folks would say, well, what's the plan? And I'd say, well, the plan is don't sweat the small stuff, and most everything is small stuff. That's not the answer they were looking for. Not at all. Just, they needed some more handles than that. And you see, I even heard that when someone would ask me what the plan is, I heard it as, well, if you didn't want to do it, why did you vote for it at Ad Council? And that's not what they were saying. They were saying, Pastor, that's an okay idea. How are we going to do it? It was pretty simple. Should have been simple enough for a pastor to grasp. I got it figured out. Took me several appointments, but I got it figured out. Organization is good. Mark recorded in his gospel when he wrote down this event as he saw it and wanted to relay it that Jesus commanded the people to sit, and, and Mark even recorded, brightly colored groups of 50 to 100. It was, there was some organization needed. This was a mass of people. And if we're going to feed these folks, then there, there's got to be a plan. There's got to be a way to do it, a way to do it the right way. So he had them sit down in groups. And I've always thought that as big a group as this was, there had to be more help than just the 12, and I bet there was. I bet there were a lot of other willing hands that began to feed the groups of people. Organization. It's okay to be organized. It's okay. My. And I'll, I know I'll never win. And back, back when I was doing church conference materials, I will never win a most organized list. I will ever, our most organized award, never will, never did, but that's okay. At least I got some things figured out. Even the leftovers were organized. See, there's no unimportant parts, just like there are no unimportant people. Well, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually going on that mission trip. I'm not I'm young anymore, and I, this has happened, and that's happened, and that's okay. That's okay. Be a sender. Be a prayer warrior. There are many things that the family needs from each one of us for the body to function as it's supposed to function. So we need a vision to wrap ourselves around, and, and then we need a plan or organization to kind of begin to, to put it together. And, and then as we do that, and maybe some folks come in to check us out, 
The third part was in this feeding of the 5,000, and that is environment. What kind of environment is created in this church, in this place? Is it invitational? What, what kind of environment did you mean to create? We need that. We need, we, we need the right in, environment. You see, and again, that takes us all. It takes us all. It takes trustees. Some background folks. Well, they're, to me, they're absolutely vital. A number of years ago, there was a, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and it was called the Toronto Blessing. Because that's where it happened, was at John Arno's church in Toronto, Canada. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. People flew in from all over the world, and over time, thousands of people were affected by this particular outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. It almost didn't happen. It got started, and right away there was a glitch. Someone had forgotten to tell the custodial staff that they were going to begin nightly meetings in the church. And these nightly meetings, this was not a small church, and they were packed out. Absolutely packed out. Which means the bathrooms weren't kept up. The message just didn't get to where it needed to be, and paper products were like gone, totally gone, not replaced, and the second night's crowd come in, and evidently, I you know, wasn't there, just what you read, evidently there were some rather constructive comments delivered to the custodians, who were understandably very underwhelmed with those comments. No one had told them what was going to happen. Well, they got, us, they got this thing all figured out. And indeed, it was a huge event that, as I said, affected so many lives and was a wonderful outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. But you see how everyone was needed. Everyone was important. Everyone had a role to play. And the custodians were an absolutely vital part of an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. Just as much as the worshipers, the praise and worship groups, the people that came, the pastors, that staff was absolutely vital to create an environment that was needed. And they got on board and things happened. But we, everybody, we need everybody. We need, we need those folks. We need those background folks. We need those prayer warriors. Give me a person that wants to be a committed trustee, one person. Give me one person that is a committed prayer warrior, and then let's go start a church. Just give me two folks like that, and let's go start a church. You can do it. You can do it. But it takes, you see, it takes all those kinds of gifts, and it takes all those kinds of people. It just, just takes us all. My if we would take the three things that Jesus laid out and then ask ourselves as a question, what is our vision? What is our plan? Are we organized well enough? Is our environment inviting? 
Is there anything that we need to do differently? God will reveal it, and he'll begin to add the increase. And you can tell the disciples, they may not have gotten the whole message that day. They were kind of busy that day. They were learning, and there are days when that's all you do is learn. And they were feeding, and they were, they were just kind of doing stuff. But they figured it out, and we can tell because... That as like us, post-resurrection, post-Pentecost, post-ascension kinds of things going on, um, they got it. And this, this fledgling thing called the church was beginning to grow. And there's this little blurb in Acts that God added to their number daily, those who were being saved. Wouldn't that be a hoot in this day and time? To be so in tune with God, to be so assertive in the spirit that folks would be starting to be saved daily in the community and coming into the life of the church. Folks, that's called revival, and revival's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Just as well be here as anywhere, but it's coming. And it, it, it's just coming, so let's, let's get ready. Let's do the things that we need to do so that revival can sweep the land. Anything we need to do, it'll be revealed. And the neat thing was that day, everyone ate until they were full. They received. And they went away. The boys learned. And in fact, a little later on in Acts, it's noted that, that two, of the, two of the disciples, now becoming apostles, were walking along, and they were on their way to worship. And, and they, I'm sure they were probably just walking down the street, probably just singing Boomer Sooner. I mean, just, you know, talking about the upcoming football season and, oh, man, just, no, the maroon and cream, we're just, it's just going to be a great year. And they come up on a guy that has a need. He has a need. And his need, and, and supposedly, was financial. He said, oh, I'd like, I'd like a gift, some coins. And maybe it was John that said, well, you know, I'm kind of cashed out because remember we stopped at, at scooters. I bought. You didn't buy, Peter. You never buy, Peter. So I bought, and it kind of took my cash. And I said, well, so, kind of just well. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk, and he did. What they had. They didn't have to have everything, and it wasn't even per this, this, the specific thing on that person's list. He had coins and money on his mind, and, well, Peter knew that God had a little bigger idea. So we can tell they got it. We can tell they got it, because we can now, we can do all three of those things, and we can have this neat church, and we can, we can have the neatest, ishy, ishy, squishy kinds of feelings when we come, and and we worship, and, and we get together, and then we go home, and, and then we come back and worship again, and, and then we go home. But there's just more to it than that. We're folks empowered by the Holy Spirit, empowered by God's Holy Spirit. We're power people, and peculiar people, perhaps, to borrow the Scripture's term. Empowered to go meet an opportunity and meet that need. People empowered to meet the opportunity. That was the other thing Jesus was teaching. And evidently, they understood for the most part. 
because they, you know, they just kind of shuffled through their pockets and, and, well, coins we don't have, but we've got something more. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. See, they did have something more. They had that name, the name above all names, and they gave it away. People empowered, power people. When power meets opportunity, that's called witness, that's called testimony, and we have one. We all have one. You'll go from here and you all will see folks that Pastor Steve will not see this week. So you be the voice of this place. You be the voice of this church. You be the voice of God to that person because that person's probably going to listen to you. He doesn't know Pastor Steve and he doesn't know me. But he knows you. He or she knows you. And they'll listen to you. So you be the hands and feet of God. You be the voice of God. Whatever it is that you are supposed to give away, you do that. From this construct being built up here, just give away so much that just you discover that you leak and everything is just run out. Well, I just got to go back to church on Sunday to get filled back up because I know that there are more people out there that need us. And folks, there are a lot of people out there that need us. There's a lot of hurt in the land. A lot of hurt in the church, but there's a lot of hurt in the land. Everyone needs, everyone has this desire to eat until they are full, and we can bring that to them. But it takes some things. It takes, it takes some understanding. It takes a vision that we can wrap our hearts around. It takes some organization. Just how are we going to do it? There needs to be a plan that God can bless. And then there needs to be an environment because we're so used to folks turning us down. What happens when someone takes us up on the invitation and walks in here? What have we got ready for them? Let's get ready. Let's get ready. Because it's coming and there's going to be more folks that are going to say yes and no. And the ones that say no, you just ask them again next week. It takes us all to do that. We're a lot like the disciples. All we have is, and that's the gifts that God gave you. But they're vital, and that's why you're here. So I wanted to kind of close with that. People empowered with the presence of Jesus in your hearts. People empowered with the presence of the Holy Spirit within you. Rise, church, and go and meet the needs in front of you joyfully, and share with everyone you meet the precious name of Jesus. And to that I say amen, and so be it. And thank you.